Welcome to season two of the Awesome Women podcast. In season one, we took a wide focus on women in all areas of the community, construction, automotive, mining, healthcare, farming, hospitality, and many more. Season two will be no different. In fact, we have a fabulous lineup of women, all with amazing stories to share with you. Season two, however, has a small difference as we will also be speaking to awesome men. For many of us, we have had male mentors who have provided a guiding hand throughout our careers. They too have inspiring stories and we will be sharing them with you. I, Amanda Bulo, Awesome Women in Construction founder, have enjoyed recording these podcasts. It's now over to you to enjoy these at a time that suits you. Thank you for listening to the Awesome Women podcast series. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Well, it's time for another Awesome Women podcast. And today we have Anthony Ryan, Chief Executive Officer of Young Care, joining us. Hi, Anthony. G'day, Amanda. How are you? Good, thank you. Now, Anthony is the Chief Executive Officer of Young Care, a not-for-profit organisation spearheading powerful and positive change for young people with high care disabilities, fighting to ensure all young people live with choice, independence and dignity. Since joining Young Care in the late 2016, Anthony has brought a fresh voice to the organisation. With the disability residential crisis at Tipping Point in Australia, Anthony is leading a strategic and deliberate approach to solve this national issue. So where do we start with that, Anthony? <laughs> I didn't write it, I can tell you. <laughs> well, what if we start at the beginning? How did you come to Young Care? Uh, that's actually um, a multifaceted question. Um, I was r- running a another not-for-profit that had a lot of, of work to do in Africa. Mm-hmm. And I received a phone call while I was in Africa um, by um, some of the uh, the key sort of founders of Young Care asking whether or not I'd be interested in... Um, considering a move from my, my present role, which was based in Africa and, and, and parts of Australia, uh, and then going into young care. And it was, it was a pretty easy um, decision to make at the time. I was always really excited by young care. It was started by my friends um, and um, it was started by my, one of my mates uh, who was trying to look after his wife, as, as many people know. Siobhan got very sick with MS and uh, he was trying to be her carer. And ultimately, at the end of the day, um, when he could no longer provide for her, uh, he started looking for alternative accommodation and care, couldn't find it, uh, realised that the only alternative in Brisbane was aged care or institutional care. And he just said, I need something better for my wife. And that's how Young Care started. So when I was watching that story and you know, one of your mates, um, you know, going through that and seeing the extraordinary support that built around young care very early because that's what it was it was it was a love story it was a story of um of your neighbor uh, and most people at that time in australia were starting to for the first time realize that people with disability a large proportion of them were living in nursing homes and aged care and that horrified everybody um so when i was watching um on i was admiring admiring the, the founders and, but I was also felt very passionate about the cause. So when I got the call in Africa, even though I was loving the work that I was doing there, it was an easy decision for me to make to come to come yeah, to Young. Nice. nice. So 
there's a lot of construction or projects under construction nationally over, you know, the last probably 12 to 18 months, you know, there seems to have been a really big boost. What is, what is some of this accommodations, wrong word, housing mean to families, not just the individual of young, of high care needs? So young care uh, has, was really, we're really optimistic by the NDIA, um, even though it's, it's, uh, it's clunky and it's got its failures. Ultimately, the underpinning values of the NDIA, which are simply what Young Care was always about, to try and give um, young people with disability um, choice and control over their lives, to live where they want, how they want to live, and who they want to live with. Uh, and so, as a result of that, one of the one of the strategies of the NDIA is to get people out of aged care or institutional care. It's been to, it's been to incentivise uh, an investment. Uh, and, and the the developers and the builder sec building sector to come in and um, and to provide housing. So that's happening. You know, when, whenever there's an, a yield that's above CPI, everyone becomes interested in it. That's the that's the administrative sort of uh, business side of it. What it does for for people with disability is if you've been living. Uh, without choice and control, where you've been living in a place where you say at you know, eight o'clock they say lights out, and you know a twenty-five-year-old guy with MS says no, no, I still want to watch the, I want to watch a TV show. Uh, they say no, no, it's lights out now. You, we got to put you to bed. You know what a terrible way and existence for those people to do. So when we provide housing, um, our focus is on letting a young person have a young life. So we have 15 development guidelines and most of them, most of them focus not on health needs, but on lifestyle needs. You know, proximity to a pub, proximity to cafes, sporting fields, um, proximity to their families. And then we start looking at the practicalities. Is it flat land? So in their wheelchairs, they're gonna have the ability to leave and have independence. Are there pavements? You know, are there, um, is there public transport? And then down the line, we start talking about, well, how close are you to hospitals? How close are you, are you to um, medical emergencies if they arise? And when we do that, um, it it's creates this incredible organic um, uh, solution where I've been present at a number of um, door openings where people go into their home for the first time, they've helped design it, they've, they've informed, the, informed the architecture and they walk in through, probably they, they, the parents walk in with them um, and they go into the, the house for the first time and there's never not a dry eye in the place because all of a sudden uh, one, of the, one of the more consistent responses is, I never thought I could live like this. I never thought I was gonna have the ability to, um, to, um, to be able to have friends over, to be able to live the life that I've always wanted that, that other people did. And uh, it's a beautiful, emotional time. <clears throat> and that's what we're about doing all around Australia at the moment. Yeah, nice, fantastic. So I've been fortunate to attend a number of events. And for those who aren't aware, um, Young Care is a week's charity of choice. Um, and I love your passion, Anthony. It's it's infectious, it's phenomenal, and there is only at one Anthony Ryan in the world who can turn a room of 300 women at an International Women's Day um, into um, a blubbering mess with the stories that you have and the passion that you have for young care. So 
that in itself is amazing. So what are some of the ways anyone listening who wants to help out young care, what are some of the ways they can do that? Look, we always need support. And I think I think the best way to do that is, um, and I may get emotional with what I'm about to say, because it's only, only happened in the last three or four days. Um, we've been working um, for six to seven months uh, to try and exit a person out of um, a fairly institutional setup, and certainly a place where he wasn't wanting to live. Um, and uh, when he found out that we had a place at Wollowan too, um, he was able to um, to transition in, in there. But it took us months to argue to his case to the NDIA, argue his case that he could live independently and, and away from um, you know uh, shared supports. Anyway, um, he moved in three and a half weeks ago. And uh, once again, imagine that person um, um, when the door opens and seeing their house for the first time and their, their true home. So that sense of freedom. And then on Friday, on, on Saturday, uh, we found out that he had a heart attack and passed away. Um, and so he was only able to live in his, um, his home for about three weeks after years and years of campaigning to, to get out uh, of where he was. We were feeling terrible and then the mother um, spoke to one of our staff and she she was incredible in her um, uh, in the way she's accepted her son's death but more importantly what she said to her staff was um, extraordinary she she said um, my son's a very determined man and he was fighting um, that uh, the institution that he was living in because he uh, he just didn't want that to define his life. Um, so when he got here, we knew that he could relax and that was it. I think that was the decision he made finally at three weeks. I've now got my home, I can live, I can die with dignity and then he let go. Um, so it's, it was a incredibly you know, tough for us, probably, um, a great relief to him as he as he was able to sort of finally let go. So how how can people support us? You know, first of all, it's just listening to our stories, getting onto our websites, understanding what we're all about, um, supporting us financially. Um, we provide grants all the time right around Australia to ensure that um, some of the most necessitous circumstances are able to be uh, realised. So, and often that's just providing equipment. It's providing. Um, uh, you know, extra care ourselves, my dog, um, and, and other things that we possibly can do. And uh, uh, it's a really, um, the thing about Young Care I've always said is it's a very compelling cause. No one's going to argue against it. Everyone in Australia believes it's absolutely abhorrent that young people with disability, just because of birth or an accident, have to live lives without choice and control. And so get behind us and become our foot soldiers. Yeah, fantastic. Now, what's the future of Young Care, Anthony? Where where are you taking it? What are the, you know, dizzying yeah. heights? Yeah, it's an exciting time. We've um, we've created a, a special purpose vehicle um, that sits alongside of Young Care, and that allows us, in many ways, to consider developments uh, um, and building and care solutions that we've never thought possible. So currently, we've got eight builds uh, going. Um, so we've got two in. Um, two in Sydney, two in uh, around Rothwell area, two in Pelican Waters, two in Helensvale. We're about to start building up in Noosa. Um, uh, we've just won 
um, some contracts with CBIC, City of Brisbane Investment Corporation for East Brisbane and Evan Park. Uh, and we're looking to, to build down in Tasmania and Victoria as we speak. So we're, it's an extraordinary pathway. Um, we're having to learn a lot, um, but we've got um, great partners. So we've got developers, we've got builders, all those people. So we don't have to have those skill sets. They, they have that skill sets for us. And we, we just provide the story. We provide the link to the residents and say, these are the people we need to, to transition out of, the, out of the crap and bring them home and give them a home. Fantastic. Love it. Now, as I mentioned, AWIC are, um, you know, Young Cares a Charity Choice partner love with AWIC. We know, well, we love it. And and oh. I guess just to reiterate some of those stories of that freedom and that independence and having young people live young lives is with um, young Brian. Um, he, a couple of years ago, attended an AWIC Christmas party. Um, oh. And I loved it. And it it's not that... I just loved how he was just included, you know, yeah. um, he was on the dance floor, he was in the photo booth, you know, it didn't matter. And I, I still don't know who had more fun, Brian or everybody else that was with there with Brian, but it was just so great that he could come and join us and, you know, have fun with us all. Yeah, mate, he's a good man. We, we um, uh, when we were building um, uh, at Bullard, uh he's got his own fantastic homebrew. And uh, on Friday Smokos, uh, you know, that was always where the builders would go to, straight to Brian, because he'd have his beers out in the Esky yep. and get ready to go. And uh, that was a really special moment too, you know, you'd be able to share and uh, break bread with people and have a bit of fun. Uh, but that's that's the whole idea. You know, Young Care, um, we're actually um, wanting to, for, for us to create a community where it's just, it's nothing special. It's actually just accepted that, you know, why wouldn't people in cafes, why wouldn't they be in shops? Why wouldn't they be in, in nightclubs and bars? Um, for so many years, that hasn't happened because first of all, they couldn't get in because um, they weren't built for, for accessibility. But more importantly, um, they were hidden away and absolutely disgusting that our society was doing that. So more and more, this integration and that whole idea of aspirational living is going to be taking place. And, and, the, and uh, we're really excited by that. We're excited by the fact that it's just going to become ordinary and it's normal. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned there about building for accessibility. Is it something that you're seeing more and more happen naturally with new buildings or are we still got to struggle, you know, separate to the fabulous stuff that Young Care does? No, I think um, that's been where there's been a dial shift as well. Uh, so... A lot of councils, uh, a lot of housing um, and, and building regulations are now just accepting the fact that you need to you know, build a gold standard or you need to build uh, certainly um, to a standard that's going to allow someone to come in through a front door to, to be able to share something in the living room. Those sort of things are just absolutely should be taken for granted. Um, and I know that there's going to be some cost uh, issues with regard to that. Uh, and I was just having a conversation with someone the other day about that who's a builder. And um, I agreed with him that there's going to be increases in costs across the board for certain builds. But if it's accepted nationally, then, um, and, and we move to a better sense of community, then I think that's more important. Um, and I think that um, we're seeing some really exciting innovations that don't necessarily mean extra cost either. Uh, and as people start doing it, the cost will just keep driving down. Uh, and that's what we're we're also advocating for. 
And if it's something that's considered in the original design, it really shouldn't be that much more of an extra cost. You know, whether we need to put a 920 door or a 12 or a 1020 door in the front entry versus an 820. Yeah. You're talking a few dollars. Exactly. And and some of your other costs, you know, um, the the high automation that's required to fit someone to live with an independent. But um, we're starting to see that already as uh, features of most housing that people want, you know, uh, who does who doesn't want to lie in their bed and at night and be able to say their name and then the shutters come to a certain light, the air conditioner comes on to where you want it and the TV turns on, mate. That's bliss, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's automation. We all got Google Home Minis or whatever they're called, you know, in everyone's houses. So, exactly. so yeah. uh, but there's some there's some extraordinary things uh, taking place. Uh, where we're excited is the kinetic te- technology where people will be able to, um, who are non-verbal, uh, um, we'll be able to start communicating in real time. And that's that's going to be absolutely fantastic in the years to come as that technology starts, um, you know, starts rolling out. Yeah, fantastic. Now, you guys have a special relationship with a particular A-list uh, movie star. Would you like to share with everybody listening how that came about? Uh, yeah, so the, the A-list is Margot Robbie. Um, I think you're... But I, I think my number one A-lister is Sylvia Jeffries, though, I must admit. She's a, a little Aussie girl, that's uh, Aussie person, star that keeps working for us in an incredible way. But the Margot story is quite fascinating. We got a phone call, uh, I think it was about three years ago now, um, maybe, no, sorry, about two years ago, and I thought it was a mate of mine playing a joke. And, uh, so, and uh, our receptionist came running up and said, Anthony, Margot Robbie's manager's on the phone. Um, and I said, no, it's not. It's one of my idiot mates. Just tell them to piss off. Well, sorry, I know there's PG ratings from this woman, but that's what I said. And, and uh, he said, are you sure? And I said, yeah, go down and just tell them to rack off. And he's come running back. And I said, the number's United States. And I said, oh, I better take it. Anyway, sure and behold, it was Margot Robbie's manager. It was 96 hours out from Tarantino's uh, premiere of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. And we started having a conversation with Margot. Uh, at that point, she said, I love what you guys do. It's close to my heart. Um, and I wanted support in a way. Can you get on a, basically um, over the next conversations, can you get on a plane? Um, you're coming to the premiere of Tarantino's movie and we're gonna do an event for you at the end of it. Um, you know, it was such a surreal experience. And I was, I was on a plane for 48 hours and uh, hanging out with uh, Hollywood. Yeah. And, uh, and then being, you know, the star of the show, really, with with Margot at this event, um, where you know hundreds of thousands of dollars were raised, they turned Shadow Mamont and, and Levi House next door to it into a mini young care. It happened so quickly, and uh, and to have someone with her gravitas, but more importantly, she's she's just a real human. Like um, she knows she's famous, she knows she's got this global ability. But she's actually just the girl next door, having been said, said that, and a very beautiful girl next door <laughs> and very talented. But she doesn't, she, she knows that's fluff. Yeah. Um, she actually genuinely wants uh, to make a difference. And we feel delighted that one of the ways she believes in making a difference is that in Australia, she wants to um, be in partnership with the disability community to ensure that they can um, live with independence and choice and control. Yeah. And it's how lucky are we, really? <laughs> well, 
Well, that's right. I mean, Margot Robbie, Sylvia Jeffries, you know, <laughs> the list just goes on and on. Oh, yeah. And then you got your rock stars like the Vernon Fannings and JC and Pete Murray, those guys. But once again, that it's not surprising in the sense that uh, these people are all extraordinarily talented, but they're also, um, ex- most of them have a common denominator, which they're, they're very passionate. And with that passion, if, if you see something that's wrong, you got the ability to change. You should be able to, you know, that motivates people to, to get on board. And, um, and they find what we do um, really important because they find the situation with the disability community in Australia continuing to be abhorrent and, uh, and they want to do whatever they can with the platforms that they, that they occupy. And we feel very humbled and excited by it. Um, and, uh, we can't wait to make change over the next five to ten years. Yeah, sounds exciting. Fantastic. Now, for everybody listening, we'll put up the um, Young Care website and all those sorts of details on the posts. Um, but in the meantime, I want to thank you very much, Anthony, for your time. Pleasure, Amanda. No worries. It's the next A-week gig. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Yeah.